Good morning, guys. I'm Kira Klingenberg. Somewhere out there is Kira Lindenberg, I believe. Welcome to another episode of Everything is Interesting. We're here again in the X-Ray studio with our friend and host of the best morning show in the city, Jefferson Smith. Where? Where? Oh, hello. You're here, I think. Yeah, I'm here. Unless you've turned into a gaseous state. A gaseous Maybe. State. Today is a special episode because we are also preparing for an event we're hosting at OMSI next weekend. That's right. Our educational nonprofit organization, based right here in Portland, Oregon, is called Science Project. And with the help of our intrepid team, we've built hands-on activities and experiments that help bring science right out of the textbook and put it into your hands. Kind of like a mobile science museum. On Saturday, August 12th and Sunday, August 13th, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., we'll have our activities set up for you to play with inside OMSI, right next to the chemistry lab. We're super excited to be launching a brand new set of experiments that explores the invisible world of gases. Whoosh. That's my gas noise. <laughs> We've had a effect. ton of fun my gas putting together all of the gas-related experiments. <laughs> <I bet> it is. <laughs> and we're pretty confident that you guys will come and love them, too. You know, that is if you like fun stuff. Do you like fun stuff, Jefferson? I hate it. You hate I love fun, fun stuff. I love OMSI. I did a summer camp at OMSI when I was a kid. I would like to say it changed my life, but I don't know if it did, but it sure loved it. OMSI, OMSI. changed my life for sure. Well, you like do it science. I love it. I do OMSI. this. It, it was a good part of my life. I, I assume it changed it in some respect. I might have, who knows? I might have been. Getting just, to be at OMSI feels like being a celebrity. I'll be honest. Yeah, it really does. No, no, like it doing really a thing at OMSI is pretty cool. You guys are famous now. Yeah, well, yeah, we know. Anyway, being science nerds that we are, we can't just launch this new set of demos without some sort of preliminary testing of the content. Nope. So we brought in a couple of our experiments right here with us into the studio today. And we're hoping that, you know, maybe you could test them out with us, Jefferson. Yeah, as I understand it, you're supposed to test on, like, non-living things first. And then (laughs) on species that are not human second. Apparently, after that, or maybe in lieu of that, you can test on me, apparently. We did these experiments for a bowl of fruit, but they were not impressed. Yeah. So we decided to bring them in for you instead. And let's then my roll. cat just sat there and rolled over and looked cute. So, hey, we figured let's yeah. move on to the humans. All right, let's roll. <laughs> You're our test subject. Okay, but before we break out the studio activities, we should drop a little knowledge. So let's go do our Zoom in on science segment for a little background info on gases. Blinding me with science. 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 Okay, so when we say gas, what is it exactly that we are talking about? <laughs> Go on. What was that laugh? I don't know. What were you thinking? <laughs> well, well, tell us what you were thinking. He's eight yeah. years old. He's eight in, years old on the inside. In my household, when if somebody said somebody had gas, it did not tend to mean that they were engaged in a gaseous scientific experiment, <laughs> except in an unintentional, <laughs> somewhat rude way. My way of saying yeah. that was uh, because I also watched Beavis and Butthead as a young person. But please move <laughs> right. along. Now, forgive me. Yes. 
You are correct. The first thing that comes to mind is probably gas produced by your own body. And you're not wrong, but that's not the gas we're talking about. A gas is any substance that is in its gaseous state. So it's one of the fundamental states of matter. Liquid and solid are your other two options. And plasma, which is also in the blood, which uh, which confuses me. That, you know, different, I think different, <laughs> two different things. Plasma as a state of matter is different than plasma in the blood. Yeah, why don't they give them different names? I, uh, I don't know. Don't That's a good question. Way confusing. We'll tell you about yeah. state of matter plasma some other time, but for right yeah. now, we're just going to focus on talking about gas. Yeah. Okay, can we have some gas music, please? Okay. Excellent. Okay. That's gas Everything. music? Apparently. Yeah. Duh. Okay. Everything, and I mean everything, is made up of particles known as atoms or groups of atoms called molecules. They're like the Legos of physical reality. The book is made of molecules, and so is the coffee in your mug. Well, a gas is a bunch of molecules, too. The difference is the way the molecules of a gas behave. To understand this a little deeper, let's compare the difference between the three states of matter that water goes through. Ice, which is a solid, liquid water, and water vapor. The molecules in solid ice are tightly packed together in a regular pattern. The molecules may jiggle or vibrate in place, but they don't move around each other. This is because water molecules in solid ice, they don't have a lot of energy, meaning that they don't move very fast. So these cool, slow-moving molecules get together to sort of form this beautiful crystalline pattern, and they are essentially locked into place. So the size and shape of an ice cube is set, right? So if I try to cram an ice cube into this water bottle, it's, it's not going to work, unless I physically break apart the solid ice into smaller pieces that will fit. Okay, now the molecules in liquid water act a little differently. They hang out and stay close together, but they're not packed together in a regular arrangement like in solid ice. But they have a little more energy than their frozen counterparts, and so they can kind of move around freely. They slide past each other. Liquid water molecules aren't locked in a specific rigid pattern, so liquid takes the shape of the container in which it's held. So if we pour water into this round bottle, it will change its shape to fill all the nooks and crannies of the new space. The positions of the molecules are flexible. And then if you apply enough heat to liquid water and the molecules get really excited, they start moving quicker. And the particles on the surface can break free of any attraction that was sort of holding them together as a liquid, and they jump right into the air, turning into water vapor. As each molecule in gaseous water vapor is essentially on a solo mission, there is a lot of space between them, which is why it's easier to see through a gas cloud than to see through a book, and why a lot of gases, like those making up the air we breathe, appear invisible. The molecules in a gas are free to move around in any arrangement that their container allows. They're moving so quickly that when they collide with each other and with other things, then they ricochet away from one another. This is why clouds, which are made of gas, sort of eventually dissipate. They don't really move around as a single solid fluffy unit. Sorry to disappoint, but you can't actually ride on a cloud. You know, you're not that little evil turtle in Mario or anything. You don't know that. I might be. The molecules of gas will spread out and fill the interior space of their container completely. So if we turned this water into steam and trapped it inside this bottle, the water vapor would be equally dense in every nook and cranny. So there it is. That's a gas. Or gas in short. Not to be confused with pla the blood plasma or the gas that comes out of your bottom. No. Well, although... Um, well, yeah. We just do this show to confuse you. <laughs> it's, it's the whole purpose. I'm in. Hey, Jefferson. Also, um, I don't mean to freak you out, but do you know that right now you are completely surrounded by gas? 
Yes. It's all around you. Except I'm also wearing a shirt. It's everywhere. Well, and there's <laughs> the gaskets inside there, too. Uh, the air is full of different kinds of gases, right? Their atmosphere is made of approximately 78% nitrogen gas, 20% oxygen gas, 1% water vapor, which is also a gas, obviously. And the final 1% is a mixture of things like carbon dioxide and methane. And different gases are made of different things. And so they have different characteristics. 78% of our atmosphere is nitrogen? I'm pretty sure, yeah. That's a lot. I cross-checked a couple of sources. Please text in if I'm wrong. <laughs> but my 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 question, very rarely I ask a question when I'm confident. Like, I don't know. But that seemed like a lot. I it knew does. that oxygen was only a part of it, but I didn't know it was mostly nitrogen. Oh, sorry to interrupt. Keep nitrogen. going. A lot of nitrogen, yeah. I know. I was astounded as well, actually. I thought it would be a little more even or that you'd, you'd think there'd be more oxygen. Yeah. But anyway, so, so different. 78%. Different gases, right? They have, they're made of different things, so they have different characteristics. Some gases we know, like helium, are lighter than the majority of the other gases in the air. And that's why it makes you laugh funny. <laughs> I actually don't know why. That's right. <laughs> um, some gases are heavier. So our first experiment that we brought in today explores one of the heavier gases known as carbon dioxide. So carbon dioxide is heavier than both the nitrogen and the oxygen in the air, and so it sinks. And unfortunately, carbon dioxide and helium gases are both invisible to the naked eye. So how can we see them float or sink? Well, with helium, we just fill up a helium balloon, right? And then we can see that it floats. So this next experiment will make it possible to see how the heavier CO2 sinks by using carbon dioxide gas to put out the flame of a candle. Okay, Jefferson, do you want to, since the listeners can't actually see what we have here, kind of give them a, a quick overview of what you see in front of you? I even know if this is okay. I, I don't know if we're allowed to do this in the studio. I sort of asked, and apparently we are. I don't know. Okay, here I've we got go. It <laughs> we'll it's yeah, don't worry. There's a bowl. Yeah, that'll be fine. <laughs> it's we're a science protected. bowl. Everything's going to be fine as a si- as a science bowl. Okay, sodium <laughs> bicarb, which I'm guessing is sodium bicarbonate, which I'm guessing is baking soda. Correct. Okay, vinegar, which I'm guessing is vinegar. Yep. And a beaker full of gas. It Which is, I was yeah. going to say an empty beaker, Hello. but I now know that it is full uh, of gas. This lighting. is why we do the show. And then here's a candle. This is the fire. Oh, yes. Here's and it can't because danger. lighting fires inside radio studios is usually a great idea. <laughs> and I'm almost like we have rules against like food, okay? You're like not supposed to have like a Coca Cola, but I don't ever, don't think we ever occurred to us to have a rule against like explosions. We love you guys. Thanks for letting us be here. I'm going to go ahead and light this candle. We're get fun, fun drive this capital campaign last, happening so. soon. It's not going to be lit for long. And Might need I it. I take full responsibility. Here we go. Yeah. All right, I'm lighting the candle. No, it's fine. It's oh, sorry, that was Jefferson's hair. Flame. Okay, Thanks all right. Thanks for tuning in to our last episode of Everything <laughs> is Interesting Ever. All right, Jefferson. Now, I want you to, inside of this flask filled with other gases, uh, add a yep. scoop of that baking soda, please. A scoop of baking Just soda. One scoop. This is going to be great. A scoop of baking soda into this beaker. A full yeah. scoop. Does it matter the size of the scoop? Uh, no, rough, you know. Okay. We're not it's a clumpy in... scoop of clumpy, sodium bicarbonate into my seemingly empty beaker made by Carter. They are not a sponsor. 250 milliliters is the size of the beaker. Okay, I've done that. Okay. All right, and I've handed you the beaker. And the flame is on. Okay, so just hold. we're holding this up close to the microphone so people can see it at home. For those of you who are at home, imagine this is the same combination that you use to make those science project volcanoes that everybody makes in third grade. Oh, this, so if this you're sounds wondering better. what it looks like yeah. inside the beaker. Do a volcano in the studio. Got, 
You <laughs> is that a problem? Is it yeah. okay that we brought a volcano? North Korea to comes to mind. <laughs> okay. All right. Have we added the vinegar yet? No. No. Keep explaining. Okay. All right. So if we add some vinegar, do you want me to do that now? We're not yet. Okay. Okay, but if you've ever played around with baking soda and vinegar, you might know that mixing the two results in an explosion of foam. And this foam is tiny bubbles of carbon dioxide gas that are produced when there's a chemical reaction between the acidic vinegar and the basic baking soda. And right. So the molecules recombine to form water and CO2 gas. And that's what's going to happen right now in our flash. Ready, okay, Jefferson? So vinegar make, going make in there? Volcano. Okay, squeeze I apologize to everyone. Squeeze. Yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry to all the people that I said couldn't drink coffee in the studio. Okay, uh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Is that now, enough? Do you see all these tiny bubbles? Ah! So all of these tiny bubbles are carbon dioxide gas that are being generated as the molecules of the ingredients you added mixed together. The CO2 is heavier than the air around it, so instead of escaping out of the top of the flask here, then it sort of mostly stays inside. So here's the trick, or the science, really. Um, I'm going to pour this invisible carbon dioxide gas over the candle. You're going to put out the candle if you do that. Oh, did you see that? Oh, my goodness. Did you? Okay, okay, can I describe it? <laughs> yes, please. Okay, what I witnessed was amazing. Okay, all she did, I thought she was going to pour this vinegar <laughs> sodium bicarbonate mixture onto the candle luckily inside the safety bowl so that we did not risk inside the patented safety bowl so we did not risk any of the equipment that you the listener helped to pay for but instead and she as she just first as she began to pour as she began to pour it didn't even pour as soon as it got sideways just put the candle out yeah. The fire just went out. Because what I, did I pour? I poured the invisible gas we just made with the reaction. You, That's all that I poured. You farted on the flame. <laughs> but it, it was an opposite it. fart. It didn't make it like go more. It made it put it out. <laughs> well, technically, the baking soda vinegar reaction farted on the we're flame. Gonna, we're going to change the name of this experiment to opposite fart. Yeah. But pretty cool, huh? Pretty neat. We basically just showed that carbon dioxide is a heavier gas as it sinks rather than rises. Oh, because it didn't rise into the air. It dumped itself all over your beautiful small votive My candle. My tiny votive candle. See, I was I was trying yeah. to be safe here, reserved. So if it right. wasn't so it heavy, then we wouldn't have been able to that pour was pretty, it. Like that was it, pretty cool. Right? Yeah. I didn't if, know that was going to happen. If we'd done this with helium, well, uh, it would have just gone really, up to the ceiling. I'm really glad it wasn't a volcano. Yeah, the, okay. all got fired. If we had done this with helium, wouldn't it have turned into like the Hindenburg or something? You know, that's like another that? good question. Or was See, that hydrogen? I don't know. I don't remember. Here. But don't for, don't pour either of those on a candle. If we're doing that. We're doing that with a remote broadcast. We're not doing that in the studio. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's, 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 let's go ahead studio. and move on to our second experiment that we brought you because this one's really fun. If you were impressed with this one, I think you'll be impressed with this. So the behavior of gases is influenced is influenced in a big way by three factors: their temperature, the space they occupy, and the pressure inside that space. Temperature, space they occupy, the pressure. Uh-huh. By the way, those three things are also very close to how I evaluate the quality of a snuggle. Aww. Yeah. Snuggles tend so to be accommodated temperature and pressure and, uh, and, and surface area. And, yeah. and getting those three, you get one of those things wrong, the snuggle doesn't work. you got to get all Lovely. three right. How many breakups have you gone through because the temperature of your cuddle was just all wrong? I don't think that's a problem. In this next experiment, we're going to focus on the relationship between pressure and temperature, otherwise known as Charles's Law. Assuming, of course, that the container a gas occupies cannot grow or shrink, then if we increase the pressure inside the container, then the temperature will actually go up. Decrease the pressure and the temperature will drop. And why do we care? Because this is the principle that will allow us to make a cloud inside this bottle. No Ta-da. way. Go hold up. Yeah. Oh, it's so no. cool. Just wait. This no is like, okay. 
This is the coolest experiment ever. Okay, so as I'm sure you know... make a noise with the bottle so they know it's real. See, it's a bottle. It's real. real. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, Yeah. I know. The studio audience thinks that we're lying to them. Hey, um, do we have any cloud music? Oh my God. That's cloud Thank you. music? I love my job. Okay. Yeah, duh. Mario cloud music. Okay. So as I'm sure you know, clouds aren't solid objects, even though from a distance they look like big puffs of cotton balls. They are instead large accumulations of dust and water vapor. And as we recall, water vapor is a gas. So here on Earth, water normally hangs out in its liquid state. But just as ice is water in its solid state, water vapor is water in its gaseous state. Of course it is, or we wouldn't be talking about it in this episode. Now, a cloud forms when hot air lends energy and speed to water molecules on the Earth's surface, which causes them to evaporate into their gaseous state, rise, because hot air rises, and the water vapor rises up into the atmosphere. Way up there in the sky, the atmospheric pressure is a lot lower than it is here on the surface of the Earth. So you can think of atmospheric pressure as the weight of all the gases in the air pressing down on you from above. So the higher up you go, the less air is above you, and the lower the atmospheric pressure gets. Charles Law states that lower pressure results in lower temperature, so the higher up you get, the colder it gets. And the water molecules at the colder temperatures tend to condense. They begin to conglomerate, usually gathering around a central particle like a speck of dust. And the groups get bigger and bigger until they become a visible water droplet. And if enough of these visible water droplets form in one place, then we see a cloud. All right, so let's make a cloud, shall we? Yeah, Jefferson, you ready? I am ready. Okay, here I've got this rigid plastic bottle, and on the top of the cap, I've glued the valve from a bike tire to a hole that I drilled in the cap. Um, that'll seal the bottle. Valve from a bike tire. The valve is going to let us get air in it. Hole and drilled out, in the right? cap. The liquid inside you see here, there's a little bit of liquid, is isopropyl alcohol. Yeah, they all see it. Which is important. Isopropyl alcohol is going to behave similar to water, but with one distinct advantage. Alcohol evaporates much easier and faster than water does. So that means that there's plenty of alcohol vapor vo- uh, floating around in this bottle already. All right, I'm going to attach this bike pump over here, Jefferson, to okay. the valve. And okay, then Jefferson. The bike pump attached to the valve. This, yeah, this is how we're going to get some air into the bottle. I want okay. you to come over here and I want you to increase the pressure in the bottle by pumping more air into okay, it. Okay, so you want me to pump this bike pump? Yeah, like 10 okay. times. <laughs> ten, I'm going to pump. This is going to work great. You didn't know this was going to be so involved, did you? I'm, I'm like being Howard so, Dean. Three, with with each four. pump, can you hear that? Forcing... <laughs> He's really six. doing it, everyone. With ahead. each pump, you're forcing more and more molecules of air into the fixed space of the bottle, and the volume of the bottle can't change. So more molecules bouncing around means more collisions, both with each other and the size of the bottle. And I did twelve pumps. Really, and since <laughs> pressure is really a measurement of how hard and how often particles are whacking into the size of the container. By pumping in more air, voila, you've increased the pressure inside the bottle. All right, so I've disengaged the bike pump, and now we've got a pressurized bottle. Can you tell, Jefferson, that bottle's oh, different? it doesn't crinkle now. When I push it, it doesn't I can crinkle. Tell. Yeah. It's full of gas. I can tell from All here. All right, so remember, a cloud like forms after taco when, night. Oh. when a gas or a vapor, vapor gas enters a cooler, lower-pressure area. So we have to drop the pressure inside this bottle to make the cloud. And how are we going to do that? Well, we just take the cap off the bottle, of course. This will quickly let out the extra air molecules you pumped in, Jefferson, causing the pressure and therefore temperature to plummet. And I'm going to put this towel over the cap because I don't know if you've ever uncorked a bottle of bubbly. You know what happened. He's going to shoot me in the face. See, I I did bring a little danger, but I'm ready. All right, I'm going to take off the cap and release the pressure. Here we go. What happened? It's 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 it looks gassy in there. 
Do you see it? Do you I, see what changed? What uh, what I see that changed is now it, before maybe it had gas in it, but looked entirely clear. Now it looks like it's there's fog. It yeah. looks like you've made a cloud inside in the bottle. In the bottle. A cloud. Isn't, in, that's why we that's why we call this the cloud in a bottle experiment. Oh, <laughs> now yeah. it's connecting the dots. Was that not cool though? I mean, so we that dropped the pressure. That was pretty cool. All we did was drop yeah, the pressure a, in the bottle, which consequently dropped the temperature in the bottle quickly, and then it, it forced the gaseous alcohol vapor to condense into this visible fog you're seeing here. So yeah. how could people do that in order to create an air conditioner inside their own house during <laughs> these hot August days? Uh, you'd have to somehow oh. pressurize and so, contain the air A whole bunch of alcohol? <laughs> just like drink? Spill a bunch of right, alcohol on the ground. <laughs> exactly. Pressurize the house. Fill your house with isopropyl alcohol. And Live then close an all airplane. the windows and pump in a bunch of air. <laughs> Please don't do this, people. Hermetically seal don't, the doors. Don't, don't, don't try this at home. Please don't oh, do this. But, but oh. do come to OMSI and try these experiments with us. You know, thanks for being here today and letting us do them in the studio with you, Jefferson. I know the studio honor. is very different than a museum. It yeah. was an honor, and thank you for not burning my face off. Yeah, you're, you're, welcome. you're welcome. You're so welcome for not burning the studio down. But anyway, if you'd like to come do these experiments and play with a bunch more, come see us this weekend, August 12th and 13th at OMSI. We'll be there from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. outside the chemistry lab in Turbine Hall. Yep, the experiments we did today will be on display, and, you know, so you can come and put out a candle with carbon dioxide gas, make a cloud in a bottle, and do a ton more. You can also find out where farts really do come from. It's going to be pretty sweet. And I know that's what you're all looking forward to. Nick's bottom. <laughs> and also, I will be back in town, so come see my smiling face. Yes, we love meeting our listeners, and we are so excited to do cool science with you. So hopefully we'll see you all Saturday or Sunday at OMSI. And also join us next Wednesday at 7.40 a.m. for a special short episode about the history and science behind the upcoming total solar eclipse. And of course, we'll see you again in two weeks for our regularly scheduled episode of Everything is Interesting, Wednesday morning at 8.30 a.m. here on X-Ray, where radio is yours. See you later, everyone. Bye, everyone. Don't fill your house with alcohol. Wow. Everything is interesting.